that's all I could hear in my ear. And they were like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it just shook me. And, but, you know, what's funny is you don't know what happens when you uh, start to figure out, like, should I worry about that? <laughs> and some of you were out there thinking it was funny until you saw bl the, all the blood and it was like, oh, my goodness. And the wifey comes over checking on me. I was concerned for your ignorance. Check <laughs> and so it, was no, it, it wasn't nobody's big fault. It was just that it just happened. Things happened. And, uh, and everybody, I mean, there's more video of that hallway experience. I mean, half the guys' shirts are off trying to get all the stuff out of them. It was just a crazy moment because it just happened in just a quick moment. But what's crazy is what you guys don't realize, um, we're preaching this sermon on worry and talking about uh, don't worry about it. And, and we're leaving church. And, and side note, if you ain't got to listen to that, you need to go on YouTube or go to Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to stuff. You need to hear that sermon, I promise. It's a powerful sermon. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'll raise my hand. I've, I've been trying to figure out um, uh, just to keep putting it in the box and not take it out of the box. Anybody else struggling with that some, just this week? And you're like, dang you for preaching that. And... Uh, and, 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 and the reminder of this box, I don't know if anybody else has bought a box and like literally have made that a part of their life and saying, you know what, I need to, you know what. So when church was over, I literally walked out sweating to death, preaching my guts out and walked outside and there were probably 100,000 Japanese beetles outside, okay? Now that happened for real. Now we're getting ready to do this whole big thing and this whole big thing's about to go down. And I'm like, we're on the verge of wondering, do we cancel this? Do we keep it going? We've already canceled once. Who wants to sit and eat food with uh, the mummy returns, you know, and all the bugs are flying and the plague? God, you love us, right? This ain't the plague, is it? You know, like all this stuff was happening. And for, I want to say, out of anything else that happened that day, the, the main priority of that moment was getting rid of Japanese beetles. Because no, nobody gonna be no kids are just gonna be it is like, gonna be like a horror movie out there. If kids are out there running around on people, parent, it, it, if you don't like bugs, you're just already a part of a scary movie or a Fear Factor show. Um, so all that was going down. I called farmers. I called people I knew that dealt with stuff like this. I tried to call the city. We tried to call organ man. We tried to call all kinds of like. Can you bring in that big old truck that just blows stuff? And we couldn't. Everything was closed. But what we had was off spray because we had a pallet of it. And so we started spraying off. I went to the store and bought some thing called Seven that says kills Japanese beetles. So I look ignorant running around doing stuff like this all the way through the field. My wife and my mother were out there just spraying, like we're having this, like we're doing some interpretive dance, but there's no, nothing godly about this dance. Um, long story short, when this is all said and done, when the night was over, we all started feeling weird and depleted. And we end up getting some kind of poisoning. Pesticide poisoning. And for until like yesterday, we was like depleted, hurting, jacked up because, you know, you can only, I guess, breathe that in so long. <laughs> I mean, we put like cases of it all through the field and thank God it pushed it all away. And, yes, we uh, just almost yeah. died so you could have the picture. Yeah. <laughs> We almost died so you can have fun. Um, but at that moment, you can feel like... But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So I want to tell you just off the bat, I know like, like we had a great time, but I want to say like when, even for my personal self, preaching this about God and about worry, like 
I walked literally out the door. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't get faced with something crazy. I didn't have this weird. I just walked out the door and turned to the right. And worry almost tried to grip me. Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. I mean, we have 50 pounds of that. Oh, oh, you got to be kidding me. And, you know, no, nobody wanted to go out in the field because they were just flying and smacking you in the face and hitting your mouth. And, and we're like, we got to figure this out. But worry was trying to grip my soul. Right. Now, listen, worry can go in all kinds of directions. It could be real serious matters of your, of your own health, or, or it could be as silly as some bugs. But when you worry, it doesn't matter. Worry doesn't care about what the topic is. No. just want you to understand that. When you start worrying about something, it tries to overtake you. And I literally had to practice what I was preaching. Yep. Within five minutes, I just said it. And it was getting ready to attack my throat. <gasps> oh, oh. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to pull this out and try to, try to put this in, in here and, and say, God, you know, I don't trust you because I do trust you. I do trust you, God. And, and so I wanted to tell you that no matter what you face and worry about, it could be something silly, but worry doesn't have certain friends of saying, like, well, it's only, you can only worry when it's dictated by this. It doesn't matter. You can worry if a bug gets in your mouth, or you can worry if something happens to, like, the worry just tries to destroy your life. And right. personally, I walked outside, and it almost gripped me because I'm not playing when I say almost 100,000 bugs was sitting up in that field right there. Now, that don't seem like it, it, was, it was a thing because we're supposed to do something out here. And so I want to tell you that, you, obviously, you, you seriously have to continue to give it to God because if not, you're, you're basically, I could have in that moment freaked out and worried and worried that it wasn't going to work and say, you know, God, I don't trust you. I'm going to take this out, and I'm going to just put it back in this box here. And actually, God, I, I, I'm going to make you a little bit smaller, and I'm going to make this worry a lot bigger right now. And we have to seriously, this is a daily thing of our minds that we have to, to, to deal with. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying you failed, but you don't have to raise your hand. You can just think on this on your own. How much stuff did you really worry about this week? Yeah. That just tried to grip you. And then you got to think, too, how much stuff did you have to put back in position and know that God is over it and God is bigger than your worry? That's right. And, and God can do something with your worry. You see what I'm saying? God can do something with your worry. So I want you to know that this stuff's real, and we deal with this daily. Um, again, we had a blast last week. I'm thankful for it. It was fun. Thank you for all your help, all that everybody did, and just the time to spend with people. It's, people wonder what the church is like. Just go outside and see it. See what it's like. And so I'm excited. It's good. I think one of the things that I liked um, that you had said, which it shows it right here, um, if you flip that right around with the worry and God, um, is that one of the things you said last week that really hit me was that you said, in the end, if our worries are bigger than our God, then God and our worries are way out of balance. And that just really um, hit me right in that moment. And so um, today we want to talk to you about Don't Worry About It, part two. And the title of this one is Derailed. And uh, I want to start with you in Philippians chapter four, verses six through nine. Just get right into the word um, for a moment to go back through. And it says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns before you know it, a sense of wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends, 
I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into the most excellent harmonies. Amen? Amen. God, I just want to tell you that we thank you today that you are putting in perspective our worries and our fears, God, as you put you, God, over them all, God. I pray, God, that our minds, our hearts, and our souls would be receptive to know where you stand in our lives, God, and the boxes that we place you in instead of putting the boxes of our lives in you. God, I pray today that you would just um, make yourself more real than ever before and evident as we follow the word of what you have given us to be applicable to our lives, God. As we do so, we thank you and we praise you in your name. Amen. 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 So uh, we wanted to talk about something. Don't worry about it. Uh, part two derailed. And as we get into this, we started thinking about it. Brandon and I were talking and we started talking about how there is a big difference because if you see uh, in verses six through seven in the message, he says, letting God know your concerns. And I we began to talk about it, and as we did, we started talking about how there's a big difference between being concerned and consumed. Yeah. There's a big difference between being concerned and consumed. To be concerned is to be interested or involved, to be uneasy about something. Mm. The difference between being worried and concerned is that worry anticipates problems and things going worse, which is loss of your control. But concern is more fact-based and genuinely geared towards problem solving. Let's say that again. Yeah. Worry anticipates problems and things going wrong. It's loss of your control. But concern is more fact-based and genuinely geared towards problem solving. I looked it up, and in the Greek, the word for concern, for worry and concern, are the same in the Greek. It's the same word, but they have two completely different meanings when it's used in the context that God has put it in. The word is merimna. Merimna. The negative use of the word is shown in the case of meaning worry, as in Philippians chapter 4. The use of the word here means anxiousness and anxiety. Yeah. Anxiousness and anxiety. This is in the Greek. But the positive use of the word is shown in the case of meaning concern. This is shown as genuine care and concern for others and the Lord within scripture. If you look up different scripture where this word may be used when it's talking about worry, the word merimna is used to describe both worry and concern. But see, the problem of it is, is I think we don't understand the difference between both. I can be concerned about something without being worried about it because once I become worried about it, then worry consumes me. Yeah. Do you see the difference? Concern is not being consumed. I can be concerned, but I don't have to be consumed. When genuine concern crosses over the line and becomes worry, it ceases to be motivated by love and instead is motivated by fear. 
right? Doesn't the word of God say that perfect love casts out fear? That the love of God is the truth and the thing that sets us free. So when genuine concern crosses that line and it turns into worry, what happens? I'm no longer motivated by the love that God has put in me to trust and hope and believe in him. I'm now motivated by fear and consumed by it. The difference between concern and being consumed is that one is driven by love and one is driven by fear. Yeah. When we become motivated by fear, we become consumed with worry. To be consumed, the definition of consumed is to have so much of a feeling that it affects everything you do. And like Pastor Brandon was talking last week, and you were being very honest and real, but think about it. It makes your stomach upset. You're running to the bathroom all the time, or you don't feel very well. Sometimes worry can get you to the point you will even throw up. Like you literally cause your body to come out of alignment with what it was really meant to do in the first place because it is literally triggering it to, to, to be sick. Worry makes you sick. Not only does it make you sick in your heart, it makes you sick, I mean sick in your body, it makes you sick in your heart. It makes you sick in your mind. It makes you sick in your thoughts. Think about it. If you, if you think of worry all the time, you feel awful. Does worrying about anything ever make you feel good? Does it? No. It makes you feel miserable. And sometimes I think we need to check ourselves when we stop. And if we find ourselves always saying, I don't feel well, my stomach's upset, I've got a major headache, I just don't feel really well, I think you need to check your box where worry and God is first. Because a lot of times, one simple thing can be out of alignment for our bodies to do something. And the stress that we put ourselves in through worry likes to trickle down, and eventually it does create major sicknesses and diseases. It's proven factor. Guess what? Science will prove that for you. You can even look it up. It will. Do you realize that you can be concerned about something without being consumed by it? You can be concerned with something without being consumed by it. Case in point, two weeks, just two weeks ago, yeah, two weeks ago when we had that major storm here on the Thursday before we were going to have uh, the first picnic planned, yeah, the first picnic planned on July 2nd, on July th or June 30th, when we had that huge storm come in, I just want to give an example of this because Pastor Brandon and I were here, Pastor Jim and Don were here, um, and then we had um, Lou and Mark were here. It was all of us. We were here getting things pulled out and ready for the, actually they were coming to help paint a room to get some things going for the youth and get some things in order, and we were getting ready to set up and just pull things out and make sure everything was ready for you guys so you guys didn't have to worry about it when you came in on Sunday. It was all set and ready for you. And what's crazy is all six of us were standing outside one of these outside backside doors and we saw that storm just begin. Literally, it just went like this and rolled over the top of those trees. And it was blowing so hard. Lou and Brandon and dad, they were out sinking in the field and we could hear the trees going 
We, was, we <laughs> were worried about the weather. We and, and we were watching Brandon's video, and you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the most amazing thing ever. You know what I'm saying? And like, Mark and I are literally holding the door. It's like trying to pull the door off the hinges. And we are trying to get it together. Dad finally comes in and gets in the room. Mom's in already. Brandon's still out there. And we're hollering at Lou and, and Brandon, get inside. I'm trying to get him in, right? It was so strong that when Mark and I were holding the door, I literally, we were both like grunting to get that sucker shut. It was that hard. We couldn't get it shut. At that time, I'm thinking as a mother, my kids are at home by themselves. And I can see that the storm, we literally watched it, it came in over this hill and it didn't go like this straight. It went like this. And it literally made a U, and I knew it was going to go towards south, and I knew it was coming and going to hit the majority of north. And what's crazy is in my mind, I called Nevaeh, and I said, Bea, I need you to go ahead and get the mattress off. I, I told her, I said, there's a storm coming in, so I'm talking to her on the phone. I said, I need you to be calm. I need you to go ahead and get the mattress, and I need you to go into the bathroom. Phone cut off. Done. Okay. So as a mom, I'm like, I can't get a hold of them. Now they're getting ready to probably go through a major storm, one of the first ones, and we're not together. That's not fun. So I'm trying to call back and get a hold of them, and it is hitting hard, 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 hard. And you know what? I was just like, you know what, God? You have got them, so I've got to trust in it, and I have to trust in my children and the things that I've taught them. I've got to trust in Nevaeh that she's going to be calm enough to keep her head on her shoulders to get the kids together, right? So here I am. We're sitting in, and I sat down at the little table back there. Mom and I are sitting face-to-face. -face. We are looking out the other side door because it's blowing, and we're sitting there in the dark, and we're still looking through our list because I'm like, you know what? I cannot sit here and just freak out about it and worry because it's not going to do anything. Yes, am I concerned? I am concerned for my children right now, but I can't sit here and freak out because it's not going to help anything. What am I going to do about it but make myself feel sick sitting right here? We're being really calm, sitting, looking face to face, and a Brandon comes and taps on my shoulder, and somehow, Vea had just for a brief, like maybe 10 seconds, got a hold of Brandon Brandon taps on my shoulder, and he's being real calm, and he says, Babe, I'm not saying this as a joke, but a tree fell on the house. And I just sat there, and I said, Are they okay? He said, The last thing she said was that they were okay, but the other two were real nervous. Zion was really nervous. And so I was like, you know what? It's all right. So I'm thinking, hey, we can go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and go home. Well, there was no way to go home because the storm was just blowing and blowing and blowing still. I mean, it was still, you guys know, we're here, blowing like crazy. I can't get out. There was no way for me to get home anyways because there were major trees across the highway out here. All of us are sitting here. We were here for, what, a good couple hours. 
literally two hours in the midst of a storm and my children are at home by themselves and I cannot get a hold of them and they cannot get a hold of me. They have no idea if their mom and dad are okay. They have no idea if we have no idea if they are really okay because she said she was okay at the last minute. But I mean, that was two and a half hours later. And so by the time the storm, I mean, we're setting, and I can tell you this, and I'm not saying this to boast or anything, but if you ask anybody who is in that room, I stayed calm. I stayed calm. I didn't, I didn't get like, oh my goodness, are they going to be okay? I've got to get there. I'm going to freak out. I didn't cry. I didn't, I just stayed calm. And what's funny is y'all may think it's dumb, but we stuck to our list and still got everything together in the dark and went through and pulled everything out for the picnic because what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Nothing. Was I concerned? Absolutely. But at that moment, I chose not to be consumed by worry. Now, I left from here. I couldn't leave here till 4 o'clock. That storm came through at what, 2, 2.30-ish, okay? I couldn't leave this parking lot till even maybe 4 o'clock. By the time I get in my car, I'm driving home from here to my house. It took 45 minutes to get home. And what's funny is in the... At one point, from certain lights that were out, certain lights that were on, one text came through, and it was Sharon. And she said, I just wanted you to know that I couldn't get a hold of you, and I could not get a hold of your kids. And I knew that you were not home with them because Jada had been with her earlier. And she said, so I just want you to know that right after the storm, I went to your house, and I've been with your kids the whole time. And so, I mean, as a mom, I was like, thank you, Jesus, right? I pull up to my house, and there are trees. It's everywhere, everywhere. You couldn't get into my front door. It's everywhere. And I just look, and I start crying. Not crying because I was freaking, you have to hear me. I was not crying because I was freaking out. Brandon was on the phone with me. They could probably hear. I was not crying because I was freaking out. All I was crying for is I kept saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because I said, you spared and you took care of my kids. And, and, and the reason I'm telling you this depth in the story is because when I walked in, poor little Zion he was freaked out. I'm just going to be honest with you. It, he, he was so nervous that literally it made him sick. I walked into the house and he saw me. I was crying and I just was saying, thank you, God. And I gave him all a big hug and all a big kiss. I gave Sharon a big hug and I was crying and I was like, you're the best thing ever. You know what I'm saying? Like just as a mom, that was great for me that somebody else was concerned. Do you see what I'm saying? Not out of worry, but that concern led her to go to action out of love to do what was right. Fear will move you out of worry, will move you out of fear to do things that are not wrong. Sharon could have gone to my house and panicked and got my kids all in an uproar. I walk into the house and they're playing dice. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? I, I had to allow, give your concerns to God. Well, right? Sharon, you're not Jesus. Um, no. But think about this as Jesus. We're worried about something that we can't see, but Christ is always already there. Yeah. He's already there taking care of the situation that we don't see. And so she, when she got home, and, and she didn't know she was going over there, but when it happened, just a prime example, when it did happen, there was a relief, but knowing that God had it. 
God had it. And, and I think when we worry about certain things in our lives, and, and, and like I said last week, they're not, they're not just ignorant things. These are legit stuff that people worry about. But know this, that Christ is already there. It, it, it's important to him, too, as well as it is for you. But the difference between you and Christ is Christ is already there. He's everywhere, so he's already there. He's in the middle of your worry that you're thinking about over there. He's right in the middle of it. Well, and just like you said, your worry affects others. I had that moment. And let me tell you what, parents, just as a little plug here, you have the ability to either show your children to place their trust in God or show them to carry the worries of the world. You have that ability. And I will tell you something. It did freak Zion out because Vea said, I mean, she was calm. I am so proud of her. She was so calm. She said, I don't know what, Mom. Something just came over me. And and just what she said, she said, in my mind, I knew it was my responsibility to take care of my siblings. She said, so I did what I had to, and I stayed calm. And she was calm, didn't freak out. And when Zion, she said, Zion, all he could hear me was, go to the bathroom, put the mattress over your... And he couldn't hear me, and he was screaming, Mom. And so Vea had to calm him down. Do you understand what I'm saying? Keep things in order. And that evening we talked to Zion. And he was sitting with me. I mean, he was up behind in that rest of that day. Like, you're not leaving without me, right? We're going here. We're going there. Mom, if you're going, I'm going to. I was, I could not go to the bathroom, guys, because he wanted to be next to me. And finally we sat down and he was sitting in our room and I was sitting on the floor to him. I said, bub. I want you to share with me what's on your heart. I said, because if you don't talk about it and we don't get it out of there, then you're going to carry it. I said, and and you can't carry it because it's not going to worry. I said, what bothered you so bad about that storm? And this is what he said. He said, because I thought that I was going to have to live my life alone without my parents. Because he had no idea. I mean, you guys have to realize, most of you who really know us, we're always together. We're always together. And he thought that. And I looked at him and I said, Bub, I said, I had to trust Jesus for you and know that he loves you a thousand more times than I love you and that he would protect you. I said, and I could not worry about you. I said, just as much as God does that for me with you as a mom, do you realize that God loves me a thousand more times than you could ever love me? And he has our best. So we have to trust in him to do whatever we need for wherever we are in any situation. And in those moments, you have to trust in God to do. And you have to be that example. Our worries and our fears literally move like a domino effect on the people who are around us. It changes the atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is, I mean, we're, we're bringing up like what just happened being honest. a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, and even after that, that next storm that was getting ready to come in, it was all dark and it didn't happen. You know, there, it almost triggered him again. And, and it's like, you know, whether us as adults, you know, our kids deal with that stuff a yeah. lot and worrying about stuff, especially kids that are going into new schools that are, I mean, in just three weeks. I mean, yeah. if your kid's going from fifth grade to sixth grade, culture shock, eighth grade to ninth grade, culture shock, twelfth mm-hmm. grade, you yeah. see what I'm saying? To college, culture shock. You see what I'm saying? You might start a new job. Same thing. It's the same Huge thing. Huge shock, trying to not worry. Um, I wrote this down, and it, it, it says, uh, 
What you worry about the most reveals where you trust God the least. That's good. That's good. I was back here, I was thinking, and I was ty- typing it in so I didn't re- forget it. But what you, it, it is so true. The most that you worry about is where, like I said, is where we trust God the least. So good. And, and we have to get that back in order so that God becomes larger than our worries. And like I said, we Amen. give it all to him. Um, and Debbie Day, Wednesday we had practice. She's like, you just need to flip the box over and just not have an option to try to pull it out. That's right. Um, and it's so true because there's too many times with too many options we, we, we try to do that. But I don't want to get to a place where, like, if I'm worried about this, that means that I, and, and it's hard to look at it this way, but you've got to be real about it. When you worry about it, that's where you trust God the least. So good, babe. Man, that, I mean, that, that hits you. That could hit you right between um, the heart, right in the chest area, and just knowing that, man, I do want to trust in you, God. Like the scripture says, with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. So powerful. Too many times we're leaning too hard. We got a lot of leaning going on on my own understandings because in my own understandings it's within my grasp and if it's within that then I can control it. God's wanting you to lose control so he can control this. That's that's that cuz worry it, is it's it's a, it's a control thing. You're saying, "Okay, I'm trying yeah. to control that." And that's what concern was the difference. Well, first Peter 5:7 in the amplified yeah. says it this way. Casting all your cares All your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. And and what I got out of that is no matter what shape or form my thoughts come in, I have to give them to God. So concern, give it to God. Worry, give it to God. Praise, give it to God. Gratitude, give it to God. Give it to God. Do you see what I'm saying? Every bit of my thoughts, no matter what shape or form they come in, they are, they are to be given to God. Every bit of them. Not just our worries and our concerns, but every form of our thoughts should be given to God. If I want to give a, a fact of praise, it should be given to God. Absolutely. Not my thoughts going towards what I did or what I can do with it. Yeah. If I'm thankful, I should give it to God. Do you see what I'm saying? I could have been like, oh man, God, you know, that tree, you know, that's pretty awesome. It's just coincidence that it felt. No, God, I am so thankful that it didn't fall through our roof. I, I give that to you. You did that. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Give it to God. All of my thoughts should be subject to God and his will. Every bit of them. It's so good. I think if I were to ask you guys, if I were to ask you, babe, if I were to say, hey, are you tired of being consumed by worry? You'd say, yes, right? If I was to ask you, are you tired of being consumed by worry? You say, yes. Absolutely. Um, But the fact of it is, how do we get there? How do we get from being consumed? How do we allow God to displace worry at the center of our lives? How do we do it? I like how you started with the fact that because when we worry, it it literally displaces us with God in a way, and it it consumes us so bad. And you're like, you know, but some of these worries feel legit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm worried about something, and and he's saying cast all your worries on him and, and what it causes, but... When you break it down with concern, uh, I wrote this down. Concern focuses on challenges and moves you to action. Yep. You're not trying to worry. You're just, I, if I'm concerned, I'm moved to action. Me personally, when I was concerned, trying to figure out something with my own weight, and guess what I have to do? I have to move to action mm-hmm. to start working out and doing my part. Yep. 
When I'm worried about it, guess what worry does? Worry focuses what's beyond our control and results in inaction. You see what I'm saying? So there's this whole thing. And if you would take a deep look at anything you worried about, and we, we went around this whole room, and, you, you, and you're going to have to do this for yourself, what was the result of you worrying about it? Did anything change? Did anything happen besides you getting all jacked up personally? That's where you've got to look at with what? When you're concerned, you move to action to the concern, and you make it happen. If your kid's riding bike too close to the road, what do we do? We're not worried. We're concerned, so we move the kid from the road, put the kid on the other side. Or if they're riding a bike, we're like, I don't want them. So I'm going to walk on the edge of the sidewalk, let my kid be on the inside where the grass is, and I'm going to walk so that something weird wouldn't. You see, if you're concerned, you move to action to make things change. When you're worried, it's out of your control. There's no... There's nothing you can do about it. But when your kid's grown and they're still riding in the middle of the road and all you did, then what you do is you're not concerned anymore if you're moving them and they have the choice to make it on their own. That's worry. Yeah. It's, there's differences. Do you see what I'm saying? And there's stages become, of life where concern exactly. can turn into worry. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have to balance it out. And I think Paul was teaching us this when we go back to Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Yeah. And he says, summing it up, all friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, yeah. not things to curse. Yeah. Put into practice what you learned from me and what you heard and saw and realize, do that. And God who makes everything work together will work you in his most excellent harmonies. And what's crazy is you're like, why, why are you calling this derailed? And the reason is, is because it all has to do with our train of thought and how we train our thoughts. It all has to do with the train of thought. Well, you, you said it clear in the scripture. It said, it's real quick, put into practice. Put it? Wait, put do what? Put into practice. But, but if we don't... What you've learned from me and what you've heard, put into practice. So what's Paul saying? He's saying, I need you to what? Train your thoughts? I need you to train your thoughts. Yep. And, and I looked up, your train of thought is a succession of connected ideas yep. or your path of reasoning. Yep. So look at it like this. Your thoughts are all the boxcars attached to the engine, which is your mind. The mind is at the front, pulling all your thoughts in whatever direction it takes. And the mind is powered by whatever you choose to fuel it with. So you have to ask yourself, what is my source of power, God or worry? The engine, your mind, will only move into your strongest thought. So whatever I'm powering my mind with, if it's worry, that's what's going to pull the rest of my boxes in succession. Worry will try to pull God along with me in my life instead of God dragging my worries out of the picture. And so what happens is our train of thought. It's your train of thought. And if not, that's where you become derailed. Because then you've tried to take control, again... There's nothing you're going to accomplish with worry. There's, you're not going to get anything done. You're just going to get your mind almost, almost in a, a non-healthy way of just getting jacked up. It, it starts derailing it. And then it, what does it do? It consumes you. What else does it do? It consumes everybody you're close to. Yeah. Because then you start, you start casting your cares upon the people around you, which is your, you're casting your cares upon your worries, upon your spouse or the people right. closest to you, what else right. does it do? It disrupts your home. When worry is consumed and it, and it is running, yep. it is running the train, basically, 
then it's going to disrupt your home. And if it disrupts your home, what happens? Then your kids start to attach to it. Then your kids start growing, and then they're attached to it. So when they leave, go to school or whatever they're doing, yeah. then that becomes a part of their life, and it disrupts it. Do you see this reaction that's happening? When, when we can just give it to God and let him be the Lord of our life, of all, all things. But you have to put it into practice. And again, what you, you worry about most reveals where you trust God the least. And he has to be Lord of everything. I'm not saying this is easy, but I'm telling you this. If we can create all kinds of habits, we can create a habit of putting it all on God. That's right. He wants it. He, he's big enough for it. He wants to take it. And like I said, and I, I said it a little bit, but I, I posted it a lot. What I, he's not afraid of your honesty. No. What you're worried about. It says give it to him, your worries, your anxiety. He, he's not afraid of what you have to give him. He wants to take it. He died on the cross for it. He, he can consume it. We can't. But the enemy it wants, consumes us. No. But the enemy wants to jack up your whole reasoning in yeah. life. And that's your train of thought. That he messes wants up to, your whole ride. He wants to mess it up, and it messes up the whole ride. And, and in order to keep our train of thoughts, we have to train our thoughts. So I have to say, I choose to train my mind with the proper equipment. Yeah. The thoughts you think equip your mind on how to handle your day-to-day -day situations. Yeah. Hebrews 13, 20 through 21 in the NLT says, Now may the God of peace... Who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All the glory to him forever and ever. Amen. And what I love about it is it says, may he equip you with all you need through the power of Jesus Christ. Mm. You must train your thoughts to stay on track with God. And you know what? You do this by doing what Paul said. He said, thank you on and meditate on these things and so what i want to call it is check your boxes yeah check your boxes what, I, I, we're gonna go back to old school and this is real old school but, but for some of you may hold on for a minute i got a picture I, in my head I know you're did y'all see school of rock ever when you were a kid like i'm not talking school of rock with jack black i'm talking <laughs> school of rock like the the show that used to say conjunction junction what's your function hooking up words and phrases and clauses and it was all trains that begin to move through this makes me feel really old because you're all looking at me weird okay i'm just telling you right now it was literally called school of rock they did a whole thing that literally explained i'm just a bill you know what i'm saying it was talking about the declaration of independence and training your mind to know history and how things work and it's the same fact we have to simplify things so when we check our boxes I, I've got a little bit of something to do. So if we got God first, we're going to move this one for right now. Take we, it. we check our boxes, right? Yeah. So what we need to do is look at these things. So I'm going to break it down for a second. We got boxes and boxes and boxes right now, okay? You have to ask yourself, are my thoughts, number one, are they true? Are they fact? Or are they feeling? What's my, what's, my, what's my thoughts? Are my thoughts true? Because if they're true, they align with God. If they're fact, they align with God. If they're worry, they align with my feelings. 
check your box. Number two, here we go. We're going to pull out our little boxes, right? Are they noble? You can set that one back in here. Are they noble? If my thoughts are noble, do they follow God's high moral values and principles and ideas? If my thoughts are noble, do they follow God's high moral values, principles, and ideas? Or are my thoughts filled with the world's values? Are they filled with the world? Are they noble? Are they true? Are they fact or feeling? Are they noble? Do they represent God's feelings? Or do my thoughts represent what the world thinks about things? Do I place myself in worry or do I place myself in God? And what's funny is when you're in God, you can try to have little thoughts like this, but if you check your box, you'll flip it around. It's real hard to live in God and not check your boxes. Because if not, you can think you're godly all the while you're living like this. Right? Check your box. That, that is a prime thing right there. Check your box. Second, third one. Put it in order. Put it in order. He says this. Are they reputable? Is it good or acceptable? Are the thoughts I'm having worthy of God's honor? If the thoughts I think don't add up to the reputation of who God is, then those thoughts are not of him. Think of it. If the thoughts I think don't add up to his reputation, then they're not from him. Well, he's not a father, uh, the author of confusion. That's I mean, right. That, just that little statement right there, if you're confused and there's all kinds of chaos going on, you got the wrong thoughts. I mean, that's as simple as that. Well, do they honor him? That's the biggest thing. Reputable means do they honor God? Do your thoughts honor God? Because if they don't and you are in a place of worry, guess what they do? They discredit God. Your thoughts discredit who he is. It tells him, God, I, really, my thoughts don't honor you because I don't think you can do it. I don't trust in you to handle it. Because, really, you're not as big as what you say you are. We can sing songs that say, you know, you're the same God back then as Moses and all these kind of things. But in all honesty, I don't really believe. I don't believe it. Do your thoughts honor God? Do they honor God? Right? Here's this other one. They're getting smaller. Sorry. Okay. The next one is, are they authentic? Are my thoughts authentic? Meaning, are they genuine and real? Or are they false and copied? Think about it this way. If my thoughts are generated by the worry of the world or someone else's worry around me, then they are a copied behavior and have not originated from the heart and mind of God. If my thoughts are aligning with what the world is saying to me today and the things that are going on, then I am only copying the behavior of the world and I am not living authentically real as a Christian. Mm. Well, the, the reality is, is you have to work with this whole worry thing. You have to give it to God. But if somebody comes to you with their worries, you don't need to take on their worries. If you're a Christian and, and you are a fully devoted follower of Christ, then you have to help teach somebody how to give it to God. It's not just my responsibility, her responsibility. Anybody else that's leading in an area, it's all of ours. The Bible's for everyone, not just pastors. 
the Word of God is true for anyone. So when somebody comes to you with worry, because sometimes that happens and you're just trying to live life and all of a sudden just worry just pops up. Oh my goodness, blah, blah, blah. What are you going to do? Oh, I, you, it could almost grip you too. But like, oh, are you serious? Oh, well, look. You, well, there's a difference between to, looking at them and saying, you know what, I'm going to be concerned, so we're going to pray for that with you. And I want to ask brings God. Action. It brings action. But guess what happens? It's also really easy to just step over into their, their worry and just be a part of it with them. And the fact of it is, you're not exactly. You're not there. All you're doing is copying their behavior instead of being authentic and and real. Instead of saying, "I get, I get what's going on." You know, I used to do that myself, but I had to find out that God is bigger than your worries, and 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 there's an authenticness to you that you can you can give that to God. And I promise, I'm not discrediting what you're worried about, but I'm telling you right now, it's better in God's hands than yours, and it can't be in mine because I'm not God. I'll fail you real quick. But too many times when somebody brings us something, we copy their behavior, and now we're consumed with worry. Wow. And the scripture says the answer. And can I remind you one more time before we get through these couple boxes? Paul is saying this in a prison, beat up, sitting in his own junk, while we're worried in our AC home on our comfortable bed, in our comfortable life. And I'm not discrediting what you might worry about. You're talking about this man wrote this, being beat, thinking he might just die. But I got one more thing to tell you. Think on what is, he had no idea, he could have been like, man, this life is horrible, man. They're going to beat the fool out of you. They ain't going to be able, no, he was like, you can do this. You can live a life. He sums it all up. He tells them what to do. It's amazing what, and I love, again, what it says, put it into practice, okay? We're putting it into practice, and she read that Hebrews 13, and, and it says that, what, what did Christ say? That he will equip you with all you need. So if I gave something, and it's up to you to do with whatever I've given you, I've equipped you, now you have to put it into practice. So, church, we're equipped. Are you going to do something with it? The Word of God is here to help equip you. It's, 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 it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It can do so many things. He tries to equip you. All you have to do is put it into practice. Or do we neglect it and throw it to the side and not use it and then keep playing the dump game? Like we don't know. This is in all areas. I mean, if you're, if you're a parent, you understand this clearly. We're, we're like, we're equipping you. I already showed you how to take out the trash. Why are you still struggling, struggling to do this? You're 17 years old now. I've already showed you how to clean up the, your mess. How are you still struggling? Didn't I show you how to do your laundry? Well, why are you still not doing it? You, we're equipping, but it's your, their responsibility to put into action those things. God's doing the same thing spiritually. He's equipping. It's us to take it and put it in the responsibility and say, no, I'm choosing to have an authentic, real relationship. I'm choosing to let God take control. So he, he's telling us these things, putting into practice. And he's saying he's equipped. So we're equipped. All we have to do is take action to it. Not just be hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. And God's not saying you won't ever have a worry or ever have a fear or ever have a concern. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is when you get to the point that those things arise, you have to check your boxes to make sure that they align with who he is. If they do not, 
then stop thinking those thoughts. Tell your mind, I put it captive because you're not helping me get any better. That's why I, I was talking about the whole scientific side of it with the little almond piece that's telling you, oh, alert, alert, alert. And the front, the prefrontal cortex is telling you, hey, it's just the cat. Don't shoot it. You know, I'm like, don't yeah. worry. Don't freak out. And, and what I'm trying to tell you is that science was finally catching up to God's word. Because people were trying to figure out, like, what's going on? And they're trying to study the brain. Yeah. And God's word was already, uh, already true from the beginning, telling you how to do it. But it's those copied behaviors because exactly. that's what the world tells us is distress and worry about things constantly. And what's crazy is I, I, if something is authentic, then it has to be true. It's, a, it's an original source. It's true, whatever it is. If th something's authentic, it must be truth. And the only thing that I know, the only truth that I know is Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And so my thoughts need to be authentically from him and not from what the world keeps putting into my mind that I need to think. Because a copy always tries to create confusion about what is real. It makes you second guess. Well, Absolutely. is that real? Is that not? Why do you think they put uh, fake paintings in certain museums and people are like, these are the greatest things, but half of them are not even real because they're in a vault locked away somewhere. Because you all got grubby fingers that want to touch everything. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That's, that's the fact. They don't put those things out. They want to confuse your mind. Well, the, and what's happened is the world has done that with all yeah. the ads and all the things that they put out there is try to confuse our mind with copies of thoughts so that all we have to do is Absolutely. keep relying on what we see from the world yes. instead of what we hear and know to be true from the authentic God yeah. and the authentic word of truth. It's a copy. Well, copy, bottom line, let's just go right to the source. Satan, Lucifer, is just a copycat. Yep. There's no authenticness to his life. Yep. He, every time he tries to tempt or do something, he's trying to copy the behavior of the king. And he can't because he even tried that when he was tempting yep. Jesus, trying to copy things. He's like, you, you can't. Let, it's always a counterfeit. And anything copied isn't going to last and isn't going to get you anywhere and you ain't going to be able to cash that in. It might look good for a moment, but I promise you this, it's fake. That's right. It's the truth. Number five, compelling. Oh, my fingers are, if I can't get my fingers in here. Okay. Compelling. Are my thoughts compelling? I mean, does it capture my attention in a sense of conviction? Mm. Or do, do they cause me? Do my thoughts, or do they compel me to stand firm in my beliefs? Yeah. Are my thoughts compelling to lead me towards God? Yeah. Or do my thoughts trap me? Do they trap me in the temptations to follow along with everything else that's going and get caught up in what I'm thinking and just make my own movie reel out of all the things that are passing through my head? Do my thoughts compel me and, and catapult me towards God? Do they convict me to know the truth? Or are they just like, oh, it's all right. No big deal. The world's doing it. It's just where it's at. That's just how things are going. Or do they convict you? Are your thoughts compelling and convicting? Gracious. You might have to start dumping that. Can't get my fingers. Are they gracious? Which means, are my thoughts pleasant? Are they calm? Are they polite? Or are they harsh and abrasive? What are my thoughts like? Do I think on things that are pleasant? Do I, that it come out pleasant? Or when I'm in worry, a lot of times, uh, my thoughts can become very abrasive and very harsh towards God, towards who he is, 
towards the people that I'm around because then we get in the part of ain't nothing ever work out for me. It always works out for them and this will never come around my way. It's God's never going to work it out. I'll never get better. I'm never going to get out of this situation. Worry leads you to those things. Well, it causes that statement where people say, you need to think before you speak. Yeah. Because when you're in worry, everything's chaotic, so you just say whatever you're going to say. And it causes so much craziness. And it, it, it really hurts people. Well, I think a lot of times if you speak out of worry and you get into a place of worry, your thoughts that come out, sometimes they can come out in an abrasive way towards the people around you because you are speaking out of stress. Yeah. And, right? And it's, a, it's almost like an attack, and you almost want to wonder, like, who are you fighting? Yeah. Who are you? Your words are just clashing. What are you doing? And, yeah. again, if he's equipped us and he's telling us to do these things, then we have to start putting into practice when we start to be sharp, you have to catch it quick, and you got to turn around and apologize quick. Because if yeah. not, it would just keep eating and eating, and the person that's receiving it is going to keep pushing down, down. And a lot of it is based on when we're worried, what do we do? Man, we go off. Like, we're worried about it, but then when, when there's chaos in worry, we just snap. Or we say some crazy stuff. Just, and we don't mean it at times, no. but it, it just comes off. What comes out comes out, and it can't go back in. But out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Absolutely. And the thing about it is, is not only when we think on things that are gracious, when our thoughts are, are thinking on things that are gracious, it means it's leading us back to the grace of God. Well, we'll start to be derailed if we continue these boxes, like boxcars. If these aren't lined up right, it's a mess. You mess up your train of thought. Next one. Do they think on the things that are the best? Yeah. Things that are the best. Or are my thoughts always expecting the worst? Mm. Do I always think that the, the you know, the next thing's going to happen? You know, the, the, the ball's always going to drop. Do they always expect the worst to happen? Do I look for the beauty of things in life? When I'm thinking about God, do I look for the beauty of things, even in situations that are awful? You think of like scripture that says God to turn it for his glory and you try to dwell on that because you're like I don't see glory right now I see something else but you got to think like okay God whatever the situation is I know you can turn it I don't know what that means to it means something different to everybody whatever and and if we literally sat down and had a moment look I guess we could show hands how many experienced God turn it for his glory of a bad situation yeah so we've all, in different ways, experienced it in a different way, and it's not always the same. It's so authentic of how he turns things for his glory. Well, even though the storm comes, there, there, there's going to be storms and things we face, but we have to try to find the beauty in yeah. life of where we are. And the one thing that I know God does say, it may not feel good right away, because I'm just going to be honest. These thoughts are hard. You have to continually check your boxes daily, daily. momentarily, you know what I'm saying, by minute. Check your thoughts. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is sometimes this one right here, it's hard to come by. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's hard to find. Look how small this one is right here. Sometimes yeah. it's hard to find the beauty in things. You know what I'm saying? But even if it's a speck of beauty after a while, because God says he takes and turns beauty from ashes, right? Straight from fear, gladness from mourning. 
He takes every bit of it and turns it around. So I don't know what you're facing right now, but eventually at some point, one day, there will be beauty in what God has done. God's created so many things. And if you're you're aware of it, no matter what you're worried about, sometimes he will give these nuggets to you, even out and about. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're just taking a walk and something something hits you, something, and you just see it. And you're just like, wow. Guess what? You're not even, the wow moment takes your thought off of worry and puts it onto the king. It does. Oh, wow. It does. Well, look how beautiful that is. Look at that flower. Uh, you're, in the moment of saying, look at that flower, you're not thinking about the worry you was just thinking about. You no. can't, it can't occupy the same place. No. Not at all. Last little box is, do I find myself praising God no matter what? Or do I find him, myself cursing him because he didn't do it the way I thought? Do I find myself praising him no matter what, or do I find myself cursing him because he didn't do what I thought? This is a challenge because, especially for Christians, at times we come to church and we say that, you know, we're going to praise him through the storm, we're going to praise him, but when rubber meets the road and you're faced with something crazy, that's where the trueness comes out of you. Are you going to praise him? Well, what's crazy? Are you... You're going to curse him. Are you going to praise him through it? Or are you going to curse him? Like, that's where it's at. When, when the worst case scenario, you see where people truly stand. When something bad happens, where do they stand? Like, when somebody can, like, no matter what, can learn to figure some stuff out, like in a worst case scenario, that's the kind of people you want in your life, honestly. Like, they get stuff done. Like, when it's crazy and everything's chaotic and they're just calm and they're like, okay, what do we need to do? But if somebody's just like, oh, my God, I don't know, blah, 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 that's the people like, you need to go sit down. <laughs> because you know where people truly are yeah. in those moments. And, and, and it's just like you got to do something. There's times where you're like, are you, are you, are you those? Are you praising? Can I say something? If you ain't doing nothing, you ain't doing nothing. You know what I mean? There's, there's the safe Christians that don't do anything, barely move a muscle and say it. But you're just as bad as anybody worrying. Because you ain't moving. The, the, the gospel's constantly moving. The, the, the things of God is always moving. So, like, when you're living this life of, of checking yourself and checking these boxes and worry, yeah, are you going to f- hit that worry? That worry, that worry button's going to hit you? That worry box is going to hit Yeah, absolutely. But look, like, when these things start coming out, I'm not going to pull them all out, but I'll pull out a couple of them. But when they start coming out, you know... It, and you're trying to have God be the head, and, and you're trying to be true, and, and you're trying, okay, well, maybe this one is, okay, honor God, but now you're not. You're, it's, what is this, discredit God. And, and what's this one? Uh, okay, abrasive, okay. And then this one's beauty. Okay, well, beauty, look, look what I got going on here. And this is the train that's rolling. This train is bound for glory. This train, um, but, but what happens? Okay, I'm getting this in order. I'm getting this in order. Okay, I'm honoring God, but what about this one? As this keeps going, if one train is offset, it's going to shift off. And guess what? When one falls, it's going to start dropping them. That's so called derailed. You start to be derailed. So when you see something else and you're like seeing the best, but, but then uh, now this is ugly. So the caboose is ugly. 
it's going to start shifting. I don't know if you've ever seen even videos of somebody with a trailer on the... And if, if this is going to flip, guess what's going to happen to all the rest of the... Tra- you see what I'm saying? So you're, you're constantly, as you're, as you're putting your trust in God, he says, think on these things. So where do you lack on those thinkings? So if, if, things, aren't, if things look ugly and don't look right... If, if, if there's more of a cursing than a praising, okay, well, I need to turn that thing around. If there's things, oh, I need to get that right. And you start working out all of these things that need to get in order. If, 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 if you feel like you're trapped and, and you're discrediting God and you see all this stuff, like the world's values, and, and here's God over here. He's, he's in the head of this whole thing. And I know this seems so simple and so 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 cheesy at times but the whole thing i'm trying to say is what is out of order in your thoughts if something isn't if you're more in your feelings than you are in the facts and the truth of who god is and if this is copied and you're trying to be noble and have value and god's trying to lead the way and then look look some of it's off the moment it's all it's going to start shifting that you're going to start getting derailed so like man i am no man i need you know, I'm not going to copy the behavior because I'm not going to attach to your worry. I need to keep putting my trust in God. I will teach you and show you and give you advice and give you the tools so you can learn to do that. But your problem isn't going to be stuck to me. I will pray for you, but I'm not going to pray out of worry. I will pray out of concern because concern moves. Worry doesn't do anything. Well, what does it say about God? God says it here in the first part of Philippians. It says, isn't it... Wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. But see, the opposite of this is worry disrupts the atmosphere and displaces the Holy Spirit and God in your life. It moves it out of order. That's being derailed. Worry is the act of derailing your thoughts. When you choose to continue living worry, it's derailing your thoughts. Worry will leave you feeling lost, disconnected, scattered, and off track. And the enemy's goal is to derail your thoughts so he can destroy your future. The enemy's goal is to derail your thoughts so he can destroy your future. All it takes is one wrong thought left in motion to derail the rest. You know, I'll say it like this because you could look at this and be like, this seems like a lot to deal with. It's an unforced rhythm of grace. Okay? So it's, it's, it's walking it out. If, if, if you're struggling and you're, you're up in your feelings too much, slowly turn the box around. <laughs> get up out of your feelings. Get on what, what's true and noble. Quit leaning on your own understanding. Well, let's be honest. This box, most of the time, that's why he said focus on whatsoever is true because this is the box that most of the time derails the rest. Oh, man. Your feelings. Paul sitting in jail, he could have been all up in his feelings real quick. Oh, Jesus, you threw me off a high horse. And called me, and what in the heck am I here? I've been derailed. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten. I've been, my beard's been plucked out. I have had the worst time. But he's like, what's the truth, though? What did he say? What does his word say? And, and you start looking at it, and if, if something's not noble, and you're like, okay, the world's values, because, oh, you know, I, whatever's trendy and whatever, no, that's not what we focus on. Whatever the world thinks, no, that's not what we focus on. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Like, but we got to start pulling people out of that basket and put them in a different one. Thank God Moses was in the basket, right? Anyway, that's a different story. Um, but the thing is, is you've got to, whatever it is, if it's copy, just 
you know what? I'm not going to copy that behavior. God, I need to give it to you. I'm gonna, and you start slowly drifting. And then you just keep on thinking on these things. You just keep making your, your rounds of just knowing who God is. And is it, you know, is things ugly? Is it beautiful? Is it praiseworthy? Is it not? You know, if, if you feel like it's not, then you've got to turn it around and say, I'm going to praise him through it. Every, it, it, you just keep on going because when you get derailed, guess what? Everything turns around. Well, and if you have to, write it down. Like, you remember the old little, like, you, the little boxes and you could put check marks in there or whatever? Do that on your own page. Put eight little boxes down there. Write these words on the side of them. And when you're thinking and you're in your worry, check your thoughts. Check the box. Check it off. See if it works out for you. If you don't want to go to Hobby Lobby and buy the boxes that are on sale right now so you could do this at your house. If you want to just write it down, it's really okay because... I want to, you to understand something before we leave you and as we're getting ready to shift gears and go down. Um, I want you to understand that if you look up the most reason why trains, why trains go ahead and derail is it's because of wrong equipment. Most of the time, tra- Daniel, you can go ahead and come up. Most of the time when trains derail... What happens is that it's because they have the wrong equipment. And the problem of it is, is if you remember, it says, remember the thoughts you think are the tools for how you handle your daily life situations. Well, then what happens when you have the wrong equipment? And the only way you have the wrong equipment is if you equipped your thoughts with this first. You're putting yourself in the wrong place. Worry causes your brain to malfunction and misfire, eventually leading us to breakdown. It just does. It doesn't work any other way. Choosing to worry is like forfeiting one of our most prized possessions to a thief. Choosing to worry is like forfeiting our most prized possessions to a thief. And guess what that possession is? Your peace. When you choose to worry, what you're saying to the enemy is, go ahead and have it. It's yours. Go ahead. Take my peace. You're not even protecting it. It'll just become nope. something that's just taking for, for all the, whoever, hey, go ahead. Take it. It's you free. can have it. And the fact of it you're is, not protecting it. no, and what's so crazy is, I love how you put this down here because I was going to say, you cannot fit any of these thoughts in a small God. Not at all. You have to check them with a big God in order for them to come in alignment so you can stay on track with your train of thoughts. And, and how do you know? Exactly, because when God is at the center, see, our worries get too big, but when God's at the center, you can put all those thoughts. Everything he said, Paul was saying in jail, bound up, he's saying, think on these things. And we were telling you about the things, but we're also telling you what's the opposite of it, where we get in our feelings and get copied and discredit God and worse and it's not good. It's ugly. It's cursed. I'm trapped. I'm... And you have to be honest. You see what I'm saying? Like we get to that place and it's like God is trying to say, look, just give it all to me. Put, put me in the center. I, absolutely. It's almost, like the, it's almost like what they try to trap Jesus. What's the ten, which one of the Ten Commandments is the better one? And he was like, now, hold on. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, body, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do these things, you'll do all those things. And basically, if you give God your thoughts and all what you're thinking about, and you give it to him, and you put it in there to him, it's all going to be wrapped up with him. But I think, babe, what we have to do, 
is be honest with God. Be honest if you are all up in your feelings. Be honest with God first before you unleash your feelings on everybody else. Be honest. Be honest with God. Let him know where you are and what you're thinking. That's how you check your boxes. It's setting at a moment right with God. And the thing that I want to tell you is if you are not honest with God, then denial only assists derailment. Your denial will only assist your own derailment. And the fact of it is, is how do you know when you've derailed, by, when you've derailed yourself by worry? These simple little things. You take your focus off God and you focus on yourself. You put up walls and barriers to God and others. You work from a defensive state rather than an offensive state. Everything and everyone is always out to get you if you are in a state of worry all the time. You're driven by fear instead of love. You find yourself no longer having goals or plans for life. Your relationship with God and others tends to weaken and you are overwhelmed with doubt instead of faith. But what I love about God is when he's so big, when God becomes bigger than all of these things, there's hope for you to get back on track. And that's what we wanna tell you today is when God's bigger than your worry, when God's bigger than your worry, when you begin to tr check your boxes and turn them around to whatsoever is true, whatsoever noble, whatsoever reputable, whatsoever authentic and real, whatsoever is compelling, whatsoever is gracious, whatsoever is the best, not the worst, the beauty, not the ugly, the praiseworthy things. When I check my boxes, I begin to disconnect the ones that disagree with God. And I flip it around and follow in his presence. And after you disconnect from worry, you meditate on who God is and what he is. A mind that meditates on God is a mind that says no to distractions of the enemy and yes to the Holy Spirit. It says yes to the Holy Spirit so he can teach us, guard us, and help us to conduct our lives. He's our train conductor. Allow the Holy Spirit to help teach you how to conduct your lives in a manner that's pleasing to him. Isaiah 26.3 says, He will keep in perfect peace all those who trust him, whose thoughts turn often to the Lord. Go ahead and stand with us today. What you worry about the most reveals where you trust God the least check your boxes. Gotcha. Because when it becomes worry, then guess what? You start looking at the feelings, not the truth. Everything starts coming out, but you've got to give it back to God. Get all of them in order. He doesn't want you derailed. There's a fun life for you to live, full of peace, full of joy, full of grace, full of love. We serve a good God. I'm thankful for this moment, these boxes. It's very powerful. I think the biggest thing God wants to leave you, it's very practical, and I think the biggest thing God wants to lead you with is that you've been given the proper equipment to run your train of thought today. You've been left with the proper equipment to run your train of thought. So it's up to you whether you stay on track, and you have to daily train your own thoughts to stay in order with God. You have to daily ask yourself, is my God bigger than my worries and my fears? All the time. 
And it doesn't matter what you face. There's going to be situations, like Brandon said, when you leave this, this house today, there might be something that you're faced with that's going to try to say, hey, i got to check myself for a minute because uh, I, I may be not, I need to ask, is that true? Is that true, God? Is it true? Or am I just feeling that? You know what I'm saying? Even, let me, let me tell you something. Even towards your, your kids, towards your spouse, towards your friends, towards anything, you can think certain things towards people, but you got to ask yourself, is it true? Or am I just feeling something because I'm in my feelings right now? Because i got a bunch of other things around me that have already gotten me to a place of worry, so then I'm, I, everything seems magnified at this moment. Just check your boxes. It's really simple, guys. Check your boxes. Well, you're, you, like I said, this one, this one to me a lot of times can really cause some damage. Because people always go to you that you personally know and, and, are, and they, they might be worried about something, but don't copy their behavior. Be authentic and real and give them the hope of Jesus. Give them who can take the worry away. Just keep it, keep it so real. But in a concern now that, that you're just because a lot of times again people worry about this thought if I don't worry then it looks like I don't care it, 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 again we're trying to tell you that there's a difference between concern and worry if Christ in the word of God is trying to tell you to give worries to him then you need to be yes, giving those to him Bottom it's about line. being and I love what you said about that one box about being authentic and real is it this one right here is that one right there yep the, the other thing I want to leave you with is this is that you can be authentic and real and, and you have to be but sometimes he said you know you can go to other people and talk about your worries but it's up to you also to not copy somebody else's behavior who's authentic and real you got to be authentic and real for yourself and your own thoughts and in the own ways you do things and how you check your boxes for yourself because the way God may be dealing with you isn't the same thing he may be dealing with me and how I check my boxes may not be the way you check your boxes do you see what I'm saying so this goes a lot of ways you know what I'm saying you ain't got to worry and try to add up to somebody else that you go to that's giving you the authentic real Jesus and then you walk away stealing your worry because like well I don't know how to be like them now and trust in God like they are and how do I act like that God and I can't pray because I can't pray prayers like that holy cow you've just still walked in worry just be who you are in God be authentic and real quit copying what everybody else is if we would be real for who we are with Jesus Christ in our own self I I think this would really be displaced a lot easier just just be who God's created you to be and trust in the fact of who he is in you Christy can you put up uh, the song taste and see the verse Ask me to sit in. I'm longing for your presence, but where do I begin? I don't know how many years ago we wrote this song. But it's in those moments of not feeling like you belong at the table because you struggle with stuff. And we sat at a table, we put a table up here and we wrote this song. Where do I begin? Go to the next verse. I'm yeah, I'm longing for your presence. Where and in your presence, 
I find peace. I find joy. What's the next part? In your presence, in the presence of the Lord. But the powerful thing is, is no matter what, there's a place for you at his table, and you don't have to worry about it. No matter what you've come from, no matter how bad you, it doesn't matter. You know, go back to the verse again. I love the verse, the, the first where you called me to the table. You asked me to sit in. I'm longing for it. I really, truly am. But I don't know where to begin with this. Does anybody else feel that sometimes? I just don't know where to begin. Because this is going on in my life. And all God tells you is just pull up to the table. Guess what's good at the table no matter if you go to somebody's home? Guess what's good? everything. If you go to somebody's house and they're like, hey, come sit at the table, guess what? Somebody's going to get you a drink. There's food going to be there. You're not going to lack anything. But you can't worry about everything. The Father wants to take care of you. If He's the Father, I'm not going to get deep into that, but if He's the Father, guess what? You're children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You lack nothing. Not one thing do you lack. There's no worry. He's called you to a table. Just pull up. It might not look all pretty, but it's there. Guess what? I don't care how good it looks or how bad the table looks. I just want to know if God is at the table. And, and it's a, it, what did he say? Wow, it's an amazing thing what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Displaced. Son, I just want to talk to you. You can't worry about it when you're face to face with me because all you're doing is thinking about me right now. You're looking at me. There's nothing to worry about. You're here. I don't feel like I belong because I've always worried. You don't have to. I've already done it. So take that time with you and God, whatever that table experience looks like. It might be in your shower. <laughs> it might be on a walk. I, I don't know what that looks like in your life. You might be on your way to work. You might be here. But it's real. I'm going to sing this one time, and then we're going to leave. Call me to the table. You call me to the table. Worry, you have no place in my life. You ask me to sit in. Yes, we're concerned, but it's just you and God. And in your presence, I find peace and I find joy. In the presence, in the presence of the Lord. Come on, your presence. And in the presence of the Lord. In the presence. In the presence.
that song to write because it is so powerful and intimate but I'm telling you right now I, I, I need to tell you this and we're out in your presence I find peace I find joy that does not have to just be at church it's the moment you have with God no matter where you are you could close your eyes and have it right in the middle of a storm you could have it right here in this moment you can close it doesn't matter I don't care if you're in the bathroom you can be in the presence of God anywhere just choose to have it. He's called you. He's longing for you. Get the train in order. Get the carts in order. He's got a ride for your life, and he needs you to help make an impact out there. So, God, we thank you. God, we thank you for what you do when we focus on you, how you displace the worry out of this of our life. Put your presence into the center of our life. Have your way in our lives, God. Thank you for the, the, the words that were spoke today, God. God, we, we know they're true because they're your words. Use us this week, God. And every time worry starts to creep up in, we're going to displace that. We're going to put our cares and our trust in you, God. And we know that we're in your presence, God, because every footstep we take is blessed, is holy, because you're holy and you live within us. And we're going to walk boldly into this place, into this world, into our, our workplace, God. Worry, you have no place here anymore. Worry, you have no place in our mind and in our hearts. Worry, you can't dwell in this place. It only belongs to the King. He has it all in control. In Jesus' name.